Hey guys, uh, welcome to a brand new season of Scripts on Scripture. And as you can see, we are filming on location because this season, the conversation I wanted to have concerns a lot uh, with the supernatural, the, the spiritual realm. And um, there was one person in particular that I wanted to have that conversation with. And she's sitting right here with me today. This is <laughs> the Asia Ashley. And we're actually in my fabulous brother-in-law's studio because we are in Birmingham, Alabama. Flew all this way just to talk to you. <laughs> I see. <laughs> but we were doing some math recently and we met in 07, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a long it time. A long time. <laughs> I don't want to think about the numbers. No, no, no. Everybody out there doing math, you can stop. <laughs> please. You can stop. Please stop adding. Um, please. <laughs> you, you do realize, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, we were both writers, still mm -hmm. are, working as baristas. <laughs> we're kind of a cliche. <laughs> yeah, we were definitely the whole stereotype, weren't we? <laughs> Good memories, though. Some good memories. Ain't nothing like closing with Asia Ashley. That's right. That's right. We had some really good nights. <laughs> Even when we didn't want to be there. No, we made it fun. We made it fun. We, we made, made a good fun. playlist. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So today's um, today's conversation um, about, about the spiritual, about the supernatural realm versus the physical realm um, is something that has really... Um, been on my heart and it was something that directly connected to you because it's something that you and I could talk about on those late nights <laughs> jamming out to Aretha Franklin. That's right. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the way that it intersects with, with real time is, mm -hmm. is really where, where I wanted to go today because I think that um, there's so many Christians out there who kind of relegate it to like that's that's you know the supernatural is in heaven mm -hmm. and that that sphere doesn't really intersect here mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of times um, this is a result of not having the verbiage to express it I was telling you this earlier but I I had to think back to you know my husband and I you know we fostered and when you're dealing with kids who've been through a tremendous amount of trauma oftentimes you're trying to get them to walk through complex emotions but they don't have the 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 language to even express simple ones mm -hmm. and and so you know you you have to teach them how to express it when you're happy or when you're sad and it's okay to be sad or it's okay to feel angry and and they have to be able to articulate that before they can get to a place where they're able to process much more complicated much deeper emotions mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of Christians, they kind of stay in the, the simple understanding of Christianity. And it's beautiful when mm -hmm. you think about like how, how simple it is to communicate the message of salvation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you can't stay there. Right. And I think that's what happens a lot of times. And so today I kind of wanted to go into what, what does that look like? What is, the, what is living in a supernatural reality look like on earth? A little bit of background though, because the churches I grew up in didn't really, didn't really go there. Mm -hmm. on, on, you know, the Holy Spirit was a member of the Trinity. That's about all you, the interaction you really had on that level. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so growing up, I didn't have the verbiage for it until much later in life. 
And so I, I can I can empathize with people out there who this subject might it might make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it might make you feel a little uneasy to talk about. You don't really know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And is it really that important? And um, it really wasn't until <laughs> one of my friends, she's like, she's from like a very Pentecostal background. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember listening to her talk the one day and she was so comfortable talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I envied it. I was like, I want to know, like, what what is it that like you're okay with this? You know, it doesn't make you feel weird. And I could see the difference it made in the way that she lived her life. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time her talking about being slain in the spirit, though. And I'll tell you right now, I thought, <laughs> what what would they do wrong? Like, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. like, oh, it's a good thing. Oh, 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 right. You know, so give me a little bit of background on on your church experiences of bringing like what did what did that look like for you how early did you have yeah. a vocabulary for that i grew up pentecostal okay. apostolic so it was more oneness yeah you know the oneness of god and with my upbringing a lot of the verbiage was there it takes time though it it does <laughs> it takes time it takes time to um understand the difference between yeah the physical and the spiritual and how closely related they really are. Oftentimes we are so caught up in everything that's around us. Yeah. You know, everything, all the goings on, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, that we- The tangible, the immediate gratification. The tangible, (laughs) right. That we forget, we forget Mm -hmm. that there is purpose. We forget about the spirit. Yeah. You know, we forget that everything is motivated by something. And that's when we start talking about the spirit. Yeah. Right? That's when we start talking about the spiritual realm. Yeah. And (laughs) when you talk about being slain in the spirit, yes. (laughs) It's a very common term. (laughs) I was like, slain slain means dead. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's honestly hard to explain. Yes. Yes. It's not something that we really explain. It's something that we experience. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It is is not is not something that we can sit down and articulate all these details. It's something that we experience. Exactly. And then we try to but, find words to fit. <laughs> but that's, I think that's yeah. so much. Yeah. The difference is the experience, mm-hmm. because there are some things mm-hmm. that that you you have to experience mm-hmm. in order for it to make any kind of sense. But like you said, afterwards, then you're grasping. Yes. For the vocabulary mm-hmm. and how to how to communicate. Why is it important? And there's some verses that I, I wanted to, to look at today. Like, and obviously, mm-hmm. we're not going to have all the answers. We, we're not going to be able to fully explain uh-huh. what this means. But I really think it's so important, nonetheless, mm-hmm. to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because I truly believe that it isn't until you're cognizant of the the spiritual realm and of the supernatural realm that life is even worth it Mm -hmm. because until that point like if you're not connected to an eternal purpose then everything is temporary Mm -hmm. and and even though society is so driven by instant gratification the minute you get that instant gratification it becomes insignificant Mm-hmm. Like it's that immediate, you mm-hmm. know, it loses 
value mm-hmm. the minute it's, o- it's over. Right. Whereas when your life is connected to that eternal plan and that eternal purpose, then you you take on eternal significance. Mm-hmm. So the one verse I wanted to look at today is Ephesians 6.12, and I bookmarked them because I knew that it might take me a hot minute and <laughs> then you look really stupid on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like this is one that I've heard preached a certain way that I, I wanted to, to hear your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ephesians six twelve. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, I've always heard this verse preached that... Um, Paul's instructing believers not to quarrel amongst each other over insignificant things because your struggle is not with each other. Mm -hmm. And in context, that makes total sense. There's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that Mm -hmm. um, interpretation. But when I read that verse, I feel like Paul is onto something a lot deeper. He is. (laughs) And so I I wanted to hear you expound on that a little bit because I feel like Paul is taking us to a perspective on life. Yeah, I think of it as you don't bring a knife to a gunfight, <laughs> right? Yeah. So a lot of times we go after challenges in our own strength, in our own might, mm-hmm. in our own power. Mm-hmm. And we're up against a very real enemy yeah. that we can't see. Yeah. You know, when we're trying to deal with our own problems and we're trying to deal with hurts and pains and frustrations and all these different things, we're going about it the way that we physically know how. Yeah, yeah. But what Paul is referring to is you have to operate in the spirit. It's not the person no. that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the spirit yeah. that is controlling yeah. the person. You got to deal with the spirit. It's not about, you know, you hear people say, love the person, hate yeah. the spirit. You know, when you have to deal with someone who is doing self-harm. Yeah. It's not because they want to do self-harm. Right, right. It's because there is a spirit. There is something that is uh, driving them away from Christ, something that's driving them to do something that is just unheard of, something that's just unnatural to the body. But you can't deal with that by trying to deal with the physical person. It's like dealing with the symptoms rather than treating the actual actual problem. problem. You can't expect to get a heavenly answer if we're walking in the flesh, yeah. if we're walking carnally, yeah. we can't expect to get divine intervention if we're not yeah. operating. If you're not, if you're not, yeah, in the divine, yeah, you know. So, but that's what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't mm-hmm. fight each other. Mm-hmm. We can't quarrel amongst each other. We can't um, be at odds with each other. Yeah. You're not my enemy. Right. The devil is my actual enemy. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, if we're looking at just day-to-day life. Yeah. And things that's going on around us, how many times do we turn on the news? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, oh, wow, I don't know what to do about that. (laughs) Let me, (laughs) the poor news anchors, like, let me read off this laundry list. This laundry list of Of things that has just fallen apart. Well, yeah. You know, well in order for us to combat those things, it's not just about the physical. It's not just about the physical. Yeah. Oh, goodness. It's spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think that's what gets overlooked so often. Like I think about, um, I think about the story of Elisha. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite stories, mm -hmm. partly because I don't know how, but I utterly missed it. Uh, I did grow up in church. <laughs> I have read the Bible cover to cover. But it wasn't yeah. until grad school, honestly, my professor, he, um, he's, you know, it, it was an Old Testament course, so he's kind of going exegetically, just like passage by passage through the Bible. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then he reads this, so I just, I'll just read these couple of verses. So Elisha died. Mm -hmm. And they buried him. Now bands of Moabites used to invade the land in the spring of the year. As a man was being buried, a marauding band was seen, and the, land, the man was thrown into the, the grave of Elisha. As soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he came to life and stood on his feet. Now, my professor just kept on going. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, no. We're not oh, going to no. just breeze by we're, that. We're not going to just go past that. Like, you didn't just say what you just said. And right. so, so I went back and I was just really captivated by this whole exchange because mm -hmm. you had Elijah, Elisha's mentor, um, who is one of only two men in scripture who are said to have never died. So like that can't not be significant. And, and, and you have Elisha um, who was handed essentially the, his, his mantle and his request, his request right before Elisha is carried off into heaven, he asks Elijah for a double portion of his spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm reading this story and I'm like, he was so saturated with that presence of God mm -hmm. that even his bones were bringing things back to life. Right. <laughs> Talk about being saved to the bone. <laughs> I mean, it's literal. I, yeah. I just sat there and I was just kind of like, how did I not see that before? But mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. if you don't have the verbiage, mm -hmm. this is another weird Old Testament story. And like there are several weird Old Testament stories that can be really difficult to, to, to unpack in, in a modern sense, in a mm -hmm. modern application type of way. To me, it's, it's, it's another one of those examples of, of times where we've missed what the Bible is actually trying to say. And my point is, it's still relevant. It's yes. still relevant. Yeah. And so, I think about his life before yeah, he died. Yeah. It's not just about another day being no. above ground. No. I mean, every day is live with purpose. Yes. You yes. know, and it's taking And spiritual. his life was on the run. Yes. yes. He had a hard life. <laughs> he got hunted. The majority of his life was in exile. He had a struggle life. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even with that, though, even with his struggly life. Yes, yes. <laughs> his traumatic-filled life. Yeah. He lived a life of purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he lived and walked <laughs> in the spirit. Elijah was his mentor. Mm -hmm. Elijah didn't have it easy either. No. Like, he might have been one of only two men that never died, but his life was oh, a struggle bus. It was, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it was I think, pretty tough. I think that's another thing that, to me, we get mixed up in our theology because I, I've heard too many Christians, I know I said when we, when we first started that I couldn't have this, this conversation with, with a, a comfortable Christian. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't say that to be offensive. Nope. But there are a lot of Christians who choose to avoid discomfort. Mm -hmm. 
And, and, and I didn't want to have this conversation with somebody who would avoid that because there's purpose in pain. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the prophets are some prime examples of that. Because mm -hmm. you have men who walked, Elijah walked so closely with God, God didn't even let him die. Mm -hmm. But he was hunted. He was on the run. There were mm -hmm. death threats against him. People tried to kill him. People mm -hmm. hated him. People mocked him. It wasn't an experience that, that anyone just signs up voluntarily, right. you know, without knowing right. the purpose. Right. And I think that a lot of times we look at people who, who are living the good life mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, that's the favor of God. <laughs> you know, I don't think that has a price tag. Mm -hmm. I don't think God's favor has a price tag. No, it does not. And, and, I, and I look at so many of the figures in, in the Bible, the people who walked most closely with God did not have an easy life. No, they did not. You know, the scripture says that he said to take up our cross and follow him. Yeah. I think this society really does feel like it should be a microwave salvation. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Let me just put my problem in here yes. and press one and then it be done. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'll have the shortcut. Just the popcorn button, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then we expect it to just happen yeah. in a moment. But that's not where purpose is built. That's not where character is built. That's not how you are translated by no. a fiery chariot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't get swept up into the sky. Right. On a chariot on fire. No. Like no. by this microwave salvation. And I think that's a misperception that Christians have that yeah. as soon as you become a Christian, all your problems go out the oh, window. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's not scripture. That's not scripture. Every person in this Bible yes. have problems. Uh <laughs> God only uses people yes. that have problems. That have problems. You know, yes. and there's purpose in them. And when you were talking about pain, pain is a term that's used to purge us. Yes. Kind of like with yes. uh, plants and whatnot. Yes, the sunshine is great, but you have to have the rain. You have to have the rain. You yeah. have, to, you have yeah. to be saturated. Yes. You have to be. Yes. Just looking back over the last uh, three years of my life, with yeah, my son. With your son. You know, he was diagnosed with osteosarcoma cancer mm -hmm. at eight. Mm -hmm. That was a hard thing. And here's here's the interesting part. A few months prior to his diagnosis, <laughs> I was sitting in a Bible study and my pastor asked me to come up. And I went up to the altar and he took a belt. Um, I don't remember whose belt was, you know, sitting on the front row, <laughs> but he took a belt. And he began to wrap this belt around my wrist. And I said, okay, God, <laughs> I'm this with an you. an interesting church service. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so he began to wrap it. And then God said to me through my leader, he said, God is about to take you to a place you don't want to go. Mm. But it's not a place that you would choose for you. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> okay, God. <laughs> What do you mean? What, what are we doing? <laughs> and then, of course, you know, days after that, I'm like, okay, Lord, what is this yeah, place? So, what is... But the, here's the, here's the <laughs> catchy part, right? I said, okay, Lord, what is this place that I'm going? How long I'm going to be there? And <laughs> how the, fast can I get can out? I get the itinerary. Yeah. And, and then, how fast can I get and out? And how fast can I get out? What I didn't understand was that there was purging in the pain. Yeah. 
I didn't understand that my relationship with God would be forged through what yes. we went through. Not even three months later, my son was diagnosed with cancer. My husband and I nearly fell apart because yeah. Yeah. you just gave me the big seed to an eight-year-old. He just had a birthday. Then through the whole process of chemotherapy, trying to work while yeah. during this. And when I tell you it was probably yeah. the hardest first year, Yeah because we'd go back and forth. And then we have another son at home yeah. who we still got to have him in he's, school. Yeah. We still got to make sure yeah. he knows he's loved. And then it is murderous on the pocket. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, the cute commercials oh. don't talk about the financial no. commitment. Mm -mm. <laughs> and then people would ask, how are you doing? And they were shocked when I would tell them. Uh, yeah, I know they you. Were shocked. <laughs> you, <laughs> you they were shocked. They were shocked. Yeah. When I would tell them, I was like, the Lord has this. There, There's nothing I yeah. can do to make this better. Yeah. But I won't doubt God. No. And this is not because I've experienced something like this in the past where I know. Right. It's just that I had a relationship. And it's not just about the things around me. Exactly. You know, it's that was exactly. one of those, we are walking in the spirit now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, being able to see more than just this moment. Those first few days in the hospital, it took three weeks from me noticing him walking with the limp mm -hmm. to him meeting four doctors, four different specialists, having three different procedures to verify what it was before they even told me that he had cancer. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got the news that, they had, that he had cancer, the nurse was telling me, hey, we've already scheduled his first chemotherapy. And I was like, wait, what do you mean he needs chemotherapy? You know, all these yeah. things are happening. Yeah. And then, but even with everything going on, I said, but God, you are still in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hard. It was March and then April. Easter yeah. Sunday was his first physical therapy. Mm. We went several months where we were at the hospital to the point to where, girl, I had a wagon and all of our stuff, because when it's time to go back to the hospital, I had everything <laughs> we needed, okay? <laughs> but then by the time we got to August, he had to have this major surgery. And I said, God, I know you to be a healer, yeah. but why is it taking so long? Yeah. Well, that year was done. The surgery, my baby was hospitalized. He was wheelchair bound for months. He had to relearn to walk. He walked with a limp. The hardware broke. Mm. It broke last year. Mm. Nine months, nine months of him walking around with broken hardware in his leg. Mm. Had a new surgery. So we had to schedule around his schooling because when you have chemotherapy, you can't go. Yeah. And I was like, well, God, well, what do we do? What do we do? What yeah. do we do? Yeah. And he says, stand still and no. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you're like <laughs> he said stand still and know yeah that i'm yeah. god you know yeah and so i was like okay well we just go <laughs> we gonna sip this coffee <laughs> <laughs> and we gonna stand still yeah. yeah but then there was a point to where there would be people coming to attempt to encourage me mm. but it was the other way around yeah. they would come in and they're like oh man i hate this happened to you and the first thing i would say was i'm not because how can I know God in the way that I'm about to know him without this pain? And that is when mm -hmm. you fully know the purpose. Because mm -hmm. that's that's one thing for me. I've shared before a little bit about 
um, having been diagnosed with, with epilepsy. I was diagnosed as a teenager. The seizures, they were very serious. They were very life-threatening. Took mm-hmm. a very long time to get them balanced. The doctors didn't think I was gonna make it. Mm-hmm. So they finally get them balanced, and it was a good, like, 10 years went by. And, mm. um, and they were very optimistic because even though they'd never figured out what caused them, they, they were like, well, they started when you were a teenager, so it was likely a hormonal imbalance, and we can start weaning you off the medication. And um, my uh, husband and I were getting ready to move, but we were like, you know what, this would be great. Medication is very expensive. Anybody that's been on strong neurological medication knows you do not want to stay on it. If you can go off of the medication, <laughs> you go off the medication. So we were we were starting that process, but it, you know it was going to take months because mm-hmm. I was on very high doses. And um, one person I love having theological conversations with is my father-in-law. Yeah. And Alan and I were talking the Christmas before we moved, and I'd been really struck reading the many times in, in the New Testament where the people want to kill Jesus, and they and they come at him. Right. And um, and, and scriptures tell us, I think the one is in is in Luke four, um, verse thirty, and and the scriptures tell us he just he walks through them because it wasn't his time. Mm-hmm. And and I said to Alan, I said, what must it be like to live? with so much confidence that you just walk through because mm-hmm. it's not your time. And so anyway, so we moved down um, from Boston. There was one day uh, we were at church and I realized I'd forgotten my Bible. I don't really know why it was so important, but I decided to go back and get it. I was, I was driving back and um, the aura is unmistakable. Mm-hmm. When you've had um, a severe neurological episode, you know that aura. And I always black out, so it's really the only thing I remember about my seizures. And so um, as soon as it started, um, <laughs> my first instinct, I'll be honest with you, was please God, no, I don't want, I don't want to have another one. Yeah. And, um, but as soon as I had said it, it was like, I, f- I felt this, this peace, but it, like a weird peace in, in the fact that like, it's going to happen. Yeah. And so I said, okay, please get me off this road. Yeah. I don't want to hurt anybody else. Just get me off the road. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the last thing I remember is, is pulling the truck off the road, but I must have hit the gas when the seizure started because that truck was mangled. It was wrapped around a concrete telephone pole so far. I should not have walked out of that. Yeah. Um, when my husband saw it later, he literally cried because it was just crushed. Anyways, I woke up in the ambulance and um, paramedics always have like a series of questions that they ask you, you know, do you, do you know where you are? Do you know your name? Very standard um, questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was coming to, they're asking me these questions and I can tell by the look on his face that I should know the answers. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it wasn't there. It's, and it's not even like you forgot the answers to a test question. It's like you never knew anything in your life. Like mm. it's void. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started to feel, you know, the fear creep in, this yeah. kind of like panic yeah. of like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, and right as I felt that kick in, I could hear God's voice say to me, I'm right here. I never left, I'm right here. The crazy thing, Asia, mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you my name. Mm-hmm. But I knew who. But was you knew to me. that voice, didn't you? Uh-huh. I knew 
God was speaking to me. Yeah. And I'll never forget it either because I'm like crying and smiling at the same time. I, I guarantee the paramedics were like, oh, <laughs> she's she, lost it. She, she gone. She gone. <laughs> we lost, we lost one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it was like, it was like this, this, the, the most known I've ever felt and the most at peace I've ever felt. Yeah. And honestly, like, like you said, people be like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry for the pain it caused other people around me. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. I, I'd do it all again just to have that one moment. Yeah. Because that was that line mm -hmm. where the supernatural hits the natural and it is unmistakable. You don't, you don't come back from that the mm -hmm. same. Yeah, there's an intimacy there. Yes. There's something that <clears throat> there, even if you explain it, mm -hmm. it does not quantify. No. No. It does not mm -hmm. put into words no. the intimacy that happens. Exactly. And that that was was so crazy because that night mm -hmm. most of my seizures are nocturnal. And so the the nights are the hardest after you've had an episode because you kind of you know that if you fall asleep It could be the end. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And um and so that night, um, my husband was pretty shook by yeah. the by the experience. And I knew that. And we were pretty newly married. We'd only been married a couple of years at this point. So I rolled over that night in bed and I just said, God, like I'm not scared. After after that after that moment in the ambulance, I was like, if it's my time, it's my time. Yeah. But I said, I just want a little more time with him. Yep, for him. And God says, It's not, it's your, not time. your time. Oh. It's so exciting. <laughs> I and, and it was like Oh my word, like I asked, what is that like? And then I experienced it. Yeah. In a moment of fear and pain, like God didn't have to be there. Like, he created the universe. Like I feel like so often, you know, we, we, we feel like we can demand things from God. And I, and I know God understands. He understands the frailty of humanity. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, he doesn't have to. He yep. doesn't have to be there. Yep. But he is. I mean, and, and, and he chooses and to. he chooses. He chooses to. Even the angels question, like, what is yes! man that you're so mindful? That you're mindful of him. Mm-hmm. He chooses. Yes. And, yes. <laughs> and it's crazy. Because he, yeah. he gives us a choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have the choice to serve him. Exactly. We have the choice to not uh we have the exactly. choice to not serve him. Exactly. But he's chosen us for himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I mean, it just it, that it just yes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the first, but that was for me uh, a real turning point yeah. in in the way that I saw the supernatural invade my space. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good you know? word. It, almost like infiltrate. It's almost like being two separate things. Yes. But, but all of a sudden the experiences make them one. Yes. Yes. I had an experience. Yeah. Similar, yeah. but not with a seizure. Yeah. Again, I was in church. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good things happen in church. <laughs> I remember being in church probably 10, 11 years ago. 
and I was in church. My husband was at work. We only had one kid at the time. And I remember going to church and I remember um, it was a hot worship service where people were definitely slain in the spirit, okay? There were people laid out, okay, because of the experience. But then I remember that the service was coming back down to where we were back to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we were back to the conversational. And I said, God, something's not right. And I yeah. got up and I was getting ready to go to the bathroom and I collapsed. And so um, my dad, who was standing, who I happened to be walking past at the moment, <laughs> puts me in a chair. And I said, God, just there's something that's just not right. And then I remember that the ministers were standing all around me. My pastor was here. I had a couple of ministers there. My father was on um, this side and my mom was on the other side. And my kid was in his car seat, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> and then the light that I could see, the light had all gone out. And the last thing I saw was this lady who had on a striped, it was a chevron, chevron okay, dress. Yeah. They faded to white and then there was nothing. I felt somebody's hand on my pulse. We have a lot of nurses at our church. Yeah. The last thing I heard was, she's gone, y'all. <gasps> she's, she's gone. We probably need to get the ambulance. She's gone. And then I was, I was no longer in the sanctuary. But I heard God. When he talks yes. about a peace that surpasses that all understanding, Yes, it is. It's an inexplainable piece. It, it is inexplicable, absolutely. I said, God, I've never felt so rested. <laughs> right? <laughs> because, you know, when they talk about resting in his yes. arms. And I remember God saying, if you love me, yeah. feed my sheep. I said, oh, I love you, God. <laughs> he said, are you going to do what I asked you to do? I said, yeah, God, I'm going to do it. He said, are you going to do what I asked you to do? I said, yes, Lord. And I knew yeah. because I'm going to tell you right now, growing up, I never wanted to be a preacher. <laughs> no, thank you. Check that occupation off the list. Exactly. <laughs> Girl, we're going to rip the list up, okay? <laughs> because I knew, you yeah. know, from reading the Bible, the ones who were out front yeah. caught the most persecution. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm good being I'm, the background I'm, character. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes is where I want to dwell. Let me be an NPC, a non-player you know character, please. It's my humility that keeps me <laughs> behind the scenes. But then, but God said, you know, his yeah. calling was greater yeah. than my, you know. Yeah. And God never gives you something that you can handle. No. no. He never gives us things that we can handle. No. The purpose is that we don't handle them, but we cast our cares on him. We rely so he can care for exactly. us. So he can do the caring so we don't have to. Exactly. We, oh, yes. We carry a, oh, yes. We carry a lot of stuff that was never intended was never, for no. us to carry. No. Burdens that was never intended. Yes, we're presented with this issue. Yep. But it's not for us to deal with. Exactly. It's exactly. for us to go to the Lord in prayer. Exactly. And fasting and, and supplication. And, and, and all things. <laughs> true and, and, I, yeah. and I think it's I think it's funny because I think a lot of times uh, we we want a different answer yes yes we do like that moment <laughs> where you're like I, I, I love you I do love you Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I said I love you because because I, I, I remember a season in my life where um, that things were it felt like everything yeah was 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 falling apart yeah um, and and I Felt like I didn't have the answers for any of it, mm -hmm. and 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 I didn't know how long, 
you know, you you asked for a, a timeline. Yeah, I, please. I, I I'd like I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, some minutes, please. This this was one of those those seasons where you know you're you're not going to get that. You don't yeah. have that. And yeah. and I remember um, praying and 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 wanting God to just take me out of the season. Like I don't I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah. And I remember um, I remember telling God one day, I feel like I'm drowning. Feel like I'm drowning. That's the same prayer I prayed. And and you know what he said? Mm-hmm. He said, "What does my word say?" <laughs> and mm-hmm. all I could think was, "You part the waters." And 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 another time, I remember telling him, "There's no way I'm going to get through this fire wi- without getting burned." Mm-hmm. And God told us, "What does my word say?" What does my word say? And all I could mm-hmm. think was. Shad Mac, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh huh. And and there's a fourth man in the fire. Old hymn my mom used to sing. The mm-hmm. um, it's the King James version. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Mm-hmm. And it was it literally jumped back in my head. And I, and it was almost frustrating. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was almost frustrating, because I'm like, I didn't want you to say that. Like there are moments. <laughs> There are moments where we desire God to come, get on our level, yes. and instead He gives us a word of encouragement, and yeah. it's not the and way it's we want not it. Not what I wanted to hear. I want you to tell me that the storm is over. I, yes. I don't want you to tell me that yes. you're here with me in the storm. I, I, I want a life raft. I'll take really. I'll take the door floating in the Titanic. Like I, any way I can get out of this. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it does it does be really frustrating because yeah. you like you you I'm tired of getting rained on. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really just need this permission slip to get out of this. Yes, for this last three two this two yeah. three years with John yeah. John, it was one thing after another. Yeah. So the first year was John John's diagnosis and the treatment. Okay. And you know no school yeah. and all this good jazz. And I was like, okay, Lord. Yeah. See, this is why I thought. <laughs> This is why I thought he would give me an answer about how long we would be in this. Yeah. Because I was like, surely once we get the, you know, this, yeah. it'll yeah. be done. Not so. <laughs> so we went through the treatment, and then the next year he's trying to, um, he's trying to uh, reacclimate to school and you know regular life, is... and now we're having to deal. And then by the time we, st- I start to feel like yeah. we can make it. Yeah. I got lupus. I said, wait a minute now. <laughs> wait a minute now. Feel like we had enough on our plate. <laughs> wait a minute now. Yeah. And then it took me a whole month. It took me a whole month to just realize that this is here. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, God, now I'm beginning to understand <laughs> what Job meant. Yes. When everything's falling apart. And then you touch his body. Yeah. I made a joke one time. I told my mom <laughs> because my um, the lupus that I have, it's skin yeah. rashes everywhere. Yeah. I called my mom one day. No, she called me and she was like, "Isha, what's going on? How you doing?" I said, "Girl, listen. If you come to my house and I'm sitting in my fireplace, Job had the right idea about the sackcloth and the, <laughs> the ashes." ashes. <laughs> You know, huh. but it just, you know, but with everything that we're going through, yeah. when I can tell or share with somebody that God is a healer, yeah, it's not because I read it in the Bible. Exactly. It's because I had a personal encounter with yes. God. Yes, 
So the words in the scripture, in the text, have yes. come alive. Yes. And I think that's where we miss it sometimes. Oh, yeah. We miss it because we think that this is just a book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. We, we, we really do, you know, as Christians, we think that this is just a book. Yeah. It's just another book. And then you see so many people who aren't Christians yeah. who like, oh, y'all just this. And oh, it's yeah. just you believing after this and sky daddy that. And, <laughs> and the first thing I think is that's spoken like a person with no experience. With no experience. Because no experience. for a person, you know, for a person who's experienced, who yes. has experienced God. Yes. Who has had a moment with God. Yeah. <laughs> where everything fell apart. Oh, yeah. And they should have lost their mind. Yes. Yes. With what we went through, my husband and I will be married 11 years tomorrow. And we've had so many people ask us, how are y'all still together with all the things that you've gone through? Because so many people oh, split. Oh, yeah. So many people it's it's out the door. And my husband said, it's too much. He said, because it's not about us. Mm. And the moment we begin to think about who we're living for, exactly. it changes our perspective. Oh, absolutely. To make those two realities collide into the one that it yes. really is. Yes. We have to walk and talk the word. Exactly. <laughs> we gotta exactly. live the word. You, you, if you're gonna talk about it, be about it. Be about it. Because yeah, because it's because it's literally otherwise, otherwise you're you're. You're doing a, a giant disservice. Yes. Yes, you are. I, it, it's a misrepresentation. Yes, a disservice to yourself, too. It, that, too. Because even too. in Psalms, God talks about how forget not all his benefits. Yes. You mean to tell me that yes. if I just did what you're asking me to do, yes. it come with benefits? Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Walking upright and, comes with benefits? And you think about, and you think mm -hmm. about the proximity of mm -hmm. God. I mean... You, you said this earlier, you said, um, it, you know, you were talking about the experience and, and, and having the, the knowledge that only comes with experience. I think about how grief, it, it, that to me sums up grief. Yeah. Until you've experienced the loss of someone that you truly loved. Yes. You, you, there are no words. Nope. There are no words. I remember um, for me, the hardest loss would be losing my daddy. Mm -hmm. And I can remember the first church service I was in after he passed. And, um, and it was during worship, and it was powerful. Worship was powerful. Mm -hmm. But um, we got to one song in particular, and I, I couldn't even stand anymore. And I felt so conflicted in my spirit because I knew God was worthy. And I wasn't, I wasn't angry with God. I wasn't, um, my daddy, I mean, the man, the man loved Jesus. I mean, mm -hmm. he loved Jesus and was not scared mm -hmm. and, and talked about heaven to the point where literally, I mean, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I, yeah. He, he did. He, yeah. I remember, I'll never forget. There was one day we were sitting on the patio and he kept talking about heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew, I knew Asia, what he was trying to do. He was trying to prepare me. Yeah. But I just burst into tears. I said, Daddy, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. He just held my hand. He said, I know. I know. But then sitting in that church service, unable to worship, and I just was praying. I said, God, like, I know you're worthy. Yeah. I know you're worthy and I, and I, and I want to, but, 
I've got nothing left. Like I, I'm empty. Mm -hmm. I will never forget the presence. It was literally like God sat down next to me, wrapped his arm around me, and just goes, that's all right, we can just sit here. We can just sit here. I'll never forget it, Asia, because he is worthy. Mm -hmm. He's worthy. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it. And so he just sat with me. I mean, who is a God like that? Who wouldn't serve a God like that? Thank you. That's the real question. Cause I mean, why wouldn't we serve God like that? Cause it's like, <laughs> if, you, if you've experienced any amount of life, and I mean like really experienced stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> that there comes a point where it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm thankful for that point. Mm -hmm. Because I really do believe that God uses those broken places mm -hmm. to, to get us to recognize, like, I've got so much more. Mm -hmm. I've got so much more. Mm -hmm. What you're chasing after right now is never going to fill you. Mm -hmm. It's never going to fill you. Mm -hmm. not, the way that, not the way that he can. Not the way that he can. So this conversation was far too rich for just one episode. Aisha and I definitely ran into a part two situation. So join us again on the next episode, part two of our special on the road episode of Scripts on Scripture. I'll see you there. Thank you.